You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Matt Scott was diagnosed with spina bifida at birth. He started playing wheelchair basketball when he was 14 years old, and in 2004 was recruited to be on the U.S. men's national wheelchair basketball team. He is now a two-time world champion and has played the sport professionally in Europe. As a Team Hartford athlete, Matt has been a part of a number of the Hartford's ability-equipped events and went alpine skiing for the first time this past week at the Hartford Ski Spectacular in Breckenridge, Colorado. So Matt, I know you were born with spina bifida. Uh, for those that may not be familiar, what is spina bifida and how does it affect you? So spina bifida is a congenital birth defect. Um, the way it affects me, um, it, it starts at my L4, L5 uh, column in my spine, and um, it doesn't allow me to walk. Um, I have full sensation in my legs and all over my body. Um, I have um, I have some limited some limited motion, but uh, all in all, I'm I'm pretty pretty capable to do all the things that I need to do. That's awesome. Yeah. And I know growing up, you, you played basketball on the playground with your friends. I know we've talked before for our magazine. So I know some, some of the background history here, but you didn't discover the, the sport of wheelchair basketball until you were 14. And how were you introduced to that sport? So I was, you can't really say basketball was introduced to me because basketball is what I love. Like it, I, I grew up loving it. As you, as you just mentioned, I was on the basketball court on the, on the playground with my friends. Um, it was just what I love to do always. So wheelchair basketball, with it not being such a natural progression, just because I didn't really know much about the sport, but I was introduced to it by just being influenced to go by my doctors all the time. Mm -hmm. I would show up to doctor's appointments and, you know, my shoes would be all scruffed up. My chair would be all busted. And they'd be like, what are you doing to this chair? Like, you are really hard on this wheelchair. Like, what, what are you doing? I'm playing sports with my friends. Like, what do you mean? Like, well, what kind of sports do you like? And I would tell them, like, I love basketball. Well, go try this out. And they'd give me flyers and give me pamphlets. And I'd take a look at it and be like, eh, I'm going to the, go back to the street ball court and play with my friends. I just, I just really wasn't interested at the time. Yeah, and I know that that was a, a good follow-up question because I know at one point in time you had a, even a negative perception of adaptive sports. So can you explain maybe where you got that, you know, where did that thought come from? Well, well let me ask you a question. Do you feel like overall that society has a negative perception of disability? Oh, I think we're still working through a lot of that. So, yeah. so how do you think that happens with a you know, 13, 14-year-old kid who is in society getting these negative portrayal of, of disability, people telling you that dis disability isn't a thing, you know, or isn't, is, I shouldn't say disability isn't a thing, people telling you that disability is negative. Right. Having a disability is negative. Um, they would... You would see negative effects of of having a disability, and also when I did things that were like play with my friends, play sports with my friends, people would be like, "Oh, you're not even disabled." So I had this thought in my head, like, "I'm not, I'm not like them. I'm not like them. I'm, uh, you know, I I can play a sport. I can I can hang out with my friends. I'm not like them. I'm not what society describes what disability what disabled people are. But in reality, having a disability is nothing like." society portrays it like the media portrays it like like we like we you know in inappropriately believe that, how, that it's negative um 
I, I then later went to go check out wheelchair basketball and I saw the behind the back passes, the full court shots, the falling down, getting back up, the competitive, the high fives. I'm like, yo, this this is basketball. This is this is amazing. This is what I want to be a part of. This isn't what I thought it would be. And I've been playing ever since. Yeah, and, and and your your point to perceptions, particularly when you when you grew up and when I was growing up, I mean, uh, that was more prevalent than it is today. I mean, I, I, we're, we've come a long way, but we're we're still not we're still not there, right? Absolutely, we are we are we are coming a long way. You know, my first my first Paralympic Games was in two thousand and four, uh, and I don't really think that it was very easy to find a game on TV, yet alone the internet or, or anything. It was just very hard to tune in and um, just finished the games in t- in twenty twenty in Tokyo. And everybody was tuned in. I mean, we we weren't able, we weren't allowed to have spectators due to COVID, mm-hmm. but there were so many people tuned in from around the world. Um, it's just encouraging to see where the Paralympic Games are going. And so, you know, from the moment that you you know went and checked out your first uh, practice, and 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 when did you decide that that is something that you wanted to do competitively versus well, recreationally? Well, I'm a I compete. Like that's what I do, man. I'm, I'm competitive. Tic tac toe. What do you want? What do you want to do, man? Like hangman. Like bro, I compete. I compete. Um, and I, I've you know I developed that that competitive spirit um, by by playing with my friends and mm-hmm. uh, you know just the, I, I've always been you know I want to win. I want to win. So when I first checked out wheelchair basketball, the first thing that I wanted to know is who's the best. Who's the best? Where's he at? Show me them. I want to. I want to see if I can, you know, play them one on one. You know, I, just, I had that. I had that when I was fourteen. I, I was very curious on how I could elevate and how I could, uh, how I could be the best in this game. Um, and uh, a lot of people, you know, wanted me to hold my horses, and because I didn't even have the equipment, which, um, which brings me to my next point. Um, I was playing wheelchair basketball in an everyday chair, mm. which is the equivalent of a of able body player showing up to Rucker Park in his flip flops. It's like you just you just not gonna do that, right? Mm-hmm. You need you need a sneaker to put on a, a nice sneaker, put it on, lace on, get get snug into your chair. Well, I didn't have that. I was playing. I was competing in my everyday chair just because. Well, one, my, my my family couldn't afford a basketball chair. Those things are expensive. They are. Um, two, I just didn't have the knowledge uh, about these these types of things. I didn't know. I didn't know I couldn't just show up to the court and play. I didn't know I needed this thousands of dollars worth of equipment to to, to participate at the highest level. Um, so I I did get a chance to learn these things, and uh, the it's it's funny that um, it all comes full circle because I'm. I'm here with the Hartford representing the Ability Equip program, mm-hmm. which which gives people the ability to have the, this equipment, this expensive equipment that maybe they wouldn't have the opportunity to have. Um, I say that to say this. My first equipment was given to me by donation, mm-hmm. and it was just the most powerful, the most powerful thing that happened in my whole entire career, my entire life, really, just because it was what springboarded me from being a kid that just loved to play the game, loved to win, loved to just compete, to have having this amazing equipment and turned me to an elite athlete. And now you, now you're sitting here looking at a five-time Paralympian, two-time gold medalist. And I owe that all to that, to that donation that I was given in that Performax wheelchair. Yeah. And it's just, it's, uh, you know, I mean, equipment does matter, right? I mean, having the proper tools, I mean, you can have skills, you can have talent, but also it's critical to have proper support in general. And that means everything from, coaching and mentoring to, to equipment as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so um, I know you, you've told me that the feeling you get when you're on the court is indescribable, but I'm going to ask you to describe it for me. <laughs> That's funny, man. The hot seat. <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough to delineate the type 
the type of things that I feel when I hit the basketball court because when I when I say it's indescribable, I, I really mean that it's a feeling. It's not. It's I can't put it into words. Uh, I, when I get on the court, it's and it's not just when I hit the court. It's the it's what I experience just from from being a part of the game. Um, everything that I've ever accomplished that's that's noteworthy all of my friends all of my family all of my relationships and uh accomplishments all stem from my uh from my love for the game from my participation in sports so uh i became you know college educated i became a world traveler i became a paralympian i met the united states of america president mm. i i work for a fortune 500 company i've traveled to the best places in the world. I've met the greatest people. I have, I climbed a mountain today and I skied down it. I mean, those, those types of things all stemmed from my participation in wheelchair basketball, because without that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. You know, right. we, who, who is Matt Scott without wheelchair basketball? I don't know. You tell me. Hmm. And, and so I know that in addition to the, the five uh, Paralympic games that you've, you've participated, you've, you've played in Europe. And uh, I actually had Ryan uh, Weiss, Weissbender uh, on the show a couple weeks ago, and and I asked him a similar question: Why is it that you, there there could be pro- professional wheelchair basketball in Europe and not in the United States? That's the uh, that's the burning question, isn't it, my friend? So the the thing about competing over there in Europe is I wish that we went over there because we wanted to not because we had to, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to play wheelchair basketball at an elite level and make it your only priority, be paid for it and and make a living by doing it, Mm -hmm. you have to go to Europe. You cannot make a living playing wheelchair basketball in in the United States. It's just just not possible. Why is that? There's there's a million, there's a million Mm -hmm. answers to that question. Um, It starts with, you know, it starts with that that foundational support. It starts with... um, just just making sure that the uh you know like i said the foundation is strong um it's great to have supporters you know that that uh that go out of their way to make the sport great um i know that i'm here representing team hartford they've been a long standing long standing pr- contributor to the paralympic movement um not even just the paralympic paralympic movement but the um the adaptive uh, uh, the adaptive community oh, yeah. as a whole for years a leader I mean, I think in, in support of adapt- adaptive a, a leader yeah. and they've they've yeah. been a part of this particular um this particular program this ski ski spec for over 20 years that is incredible like that type of dedication um we need more the hartfords we need more mm-hmm. support like that and when we have support like that then maybe we can start playing professionally and and having those same opportunities that we have over abroad so, you know, in, in some sense, it's probably a, a business decision, right? Or to follow the money type of scenario. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't quite go there um, because it's not, I mean, we're not going over there for a pot of gold, my friend. Like right. we're not going right. over there. Uh, it's not like, oh man, I can't wait to get over there and get my Maserati. It's like, we're, we're going over there and we're, we're making enough to, to contribute to our family's lives, mm-hmm. contribute to our lives and make a decent living. Um, the, the reason why we go over there isn't the money. If, if we were going over there for the money, I'd, I'd still be over there. We were going over there for the opportunity to make wheelchair basketball our number one priority and not have to worry about, uh, you know, working a nine to five or, or, you know, put, putting all, putting all, 
putting other opportunity, other responsibilities like work um, in the way. Right. When we go over there, basketball is our number one priority and we're there to represent that club and they pay us for, for, the, for doing that. Um, you know, they get a, they get a particularly um, amount of, you know, notoriety depending on, you know, who they pick up. If they pick up a Matt Scott, maybe they got a, a few more sponsors. Maybe they, um, maybe they have a little bit more attention in, in their, um, in their neighborhoods, in their communities, mm-hmm. and now there's more uh, there's more buzz in, in the in the media and things like that. So we we go over there, we do earn a living. Um, depending on who you are, you can make a you know a, you know pretty good amount of money, or some people are just making enough to get by. But we go over there to make wheelchair basketball our number one priority, and that is that is the priority. Yeah, and that's what that's what I meant by the money a little bit, just because you know I you know if you can make a living at least doing what you love, playing the game of basketball, then that's you know that's the ideal scenario. Absolutely. Now I know you've been a part of a team that that's won back to back world champions. Uh, how has the competition competition changed over the years? That's a that's a great question. Over the years, you mean from the beginning of when I started being a Paralympian? Yeah, maybe, maybe your first. Yeah, your first. From my game, first yeah. Paralympic experience to my to my most recent, I would say that the that the game has changed, the equipment has changed, the perception of the game has changed, the ability level has 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 risen insurmountably. Like it's like the 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 level of competition out there is crazy. It's like you, if you put those any of those teams that that competed out there in the 2020 games against the 2004 teams they had to you know maybe potentially wipe the floor with them it's just that the the skills have 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 really improved um you know guys like guys like Paul Schulte guys like Patrick Anderson um guys like you know the guys that that were playing way back then mm-hmm. they really set a foundation for what a wheelchair basketball player should be and what they should aspire to be and people are just following that blueprint um I I'd like to say that I'm one of those guys that um put down somewhat of a blueprint but I you know I'd be I'd be lying if I didn't say um I I I followed the blueprint of of a lot of them you know I I I knew I saw the 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 level that they were at and I aspired to reach that. And once I did, I think people saw the levels that I, that I was at and they wanted to reach that. And they saw the Steve Serios and they wanted to reach that. And now we're sitting at a time right now where wheelchair basketball, there's a lot, a lot of parody. There's a lot of, um, a lot of people are on, on a similar plane and it's, it's, uh, it takes the mental toughness to separate yourself from that. Yeah. And I know, Matt, you've already talked about being a, a Team Hartford athlete. What does it mean to you to just get that type of support? <laughs> that means everything, my friend. I mean, we mentioned earlier in the podcast about how my first uh, wheelchair was was given to me. And I just don't know where I would be without that. So to be able to be in a position right now where I, you know, I get a chance to, uh, with Team Hartford, uh, on the Ability Equip pro- uh, program, we, we donate you know, equipment to people that need it, that really every single time I get goosebumps, every single time I'm just so pumped up and I'm, I'm reminded why I do this. I'm reminded about the times that I didn't have that equipment. I'm reminded where it took me from and where it took me to. And just being a part of Team Hartford just gives me, um, you know, those feelings I was talking about, you know, being so pumped up to play basketball and just, it, it, it gives me similar feelings to be a part of a team like this that is allowing access to people that wouldn't necessarily have it in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. And you've been a, a, a part of a few, I think, uh, ability quit presentations and, and gifting moments. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. It makes me super happy to do it every time. 
So speak, speaking of, we are here, and, and we already talked about it a little bit, uh, at the Hartford Ski Spectacular. Uh, this is your first time here. That's right. Uh, what are your initial thoughts of the event so far? And uh, maybe uh, your first time down a mountain. <laughs> well, let, well, I'll start with your first question, because my thoughts of the event as a whole you just told me that this thing has been going on for 30, 34 years. 34 years. That is incredible. Like that amount of prestige, like being a part of a, of a, of a program like this, being a part of a, um, a, an event like this, it just makes me so happy to be a part of. I'm, I'm extremely happy to be here. Um, it was my first time today playing, uh, not playing to, to hit the mountain and, mm -hmm. and, and ski for the first time. Um, I have a good friend by the name of Elena Nichols. Everybody knows her. She's a superstar. Yes. And she uh, she's always told me that I should try it out. And I wish that she was here today uh, to kind of, you know, I always learn really well from observation mm -hmm. and observing the best and observing a superstar do what she does. Mm -hmm. um, that would have been awesome. Um, but I had a great time, man. I had, I had an awesome instructor. I had two awesome instructors. Um, it was a really exhilarating experience. I'm not going to lie. I was terrified on the ski, um, the ski lift. I did not want to experience that. But once I got on the on the mountain, I'm I'm. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're seeing another uh, a Paralympic Paralympic experience in me. Maybe a winner. We, we've seen some dual dual, <laughs> dual season athletes, right? No, let me slow down. I was not that great, but I um, I did appreciate the the opportunity. Um, you know the 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 opportunity to come out here and ski. Um, ski spec is a, is an amazing event, and I'm very very happy to be here. And so, um, what? Well, just walk with walk us through a little bit. Maybe the. Um, you know, like, were you in a mono ski, a bi ski, and 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 how was the even just the fitting process like? Right. I mean, you know, as for the first time, you know, what, what's that first time experience like? So I I actually I actually kind of knew what to expect with the fitting, just being a wheelchair basketball player and mm -hmm. having done so many demonstrations and putting people into ball chairs because it's it's very similar. Because mm -hmm. if if you don't if you're not in the right equipment and, it, and the the equipment doesn't fit you, you're not going to have the same experience. So or um, maybe even a safe experience. It's, yeah, exactly. Right. So I the fir first things first, they definitely made sure I was safe. Even weeks in advance, people were telling me what types of thing the things to pack and what kind of layers and um because I, I mean I. I live in California, man. I'm not. You're I'm nowhere near this stuff. Athlete, right? <laughs> yeah, I play basketball. I live in California. I'm. Um, yeah, There's snow in California. I mean, yeah, you got slopes in California. Yeah, yeah, not, not near me, my friend. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I just um, I I knew what to expect as far as the fitting is concerned. Um, but they definitely made sure I was safe weeks in advance. But when, once I got here, they made sure my helmet was good, that I was strapped in tight, um, and that I was that I was ready to go. And first of all, they made sure there was a smile on my face, and that, uh -huh. that's what that's what made me um, extremely just 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 happy with the instructors and everybody involved. They just made sure I had a great time. I know earlier in the week you said you were excited about it, but then I know that you told me that you you got a little frightened. So when you were excited, were you thinking about that? Fear moment, or or did that come a little bit later in the in the mix? Oh man! So when I like when they're fitting me, I you know I wasn't wasn't intimidated. I'm uh -huh. all good. You know, got out there. You know, did some drills. Still not intimidated. We're all we're all good. Let's let's do. Let's rock. Where's the where's the mountain? Show, somebody show me the mountain. Let's do this. How do we get there? Wait, what? We have. How do we get there? Oh. That's what we have to get on to get there. That's when I started to get a little bit nervous. Oh, it's the darn, yeah. the, the darn ski lift. So right? I was like, oh <laughs> man, do you guys don't have a helicopter or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, but once I got up there, uh, my my instructors they they knew what to do, and um, they they instructed me uh, 
um, like a great way to get down, took the safest route, um, even got, got a chance to pick up some speed and kind of show off a little bit. I had some fun and I can't wait to do it again. And, and at the Hartford Ski Spectacular, you're here, as, as, as we've already talked about, to, to surprise some, some uh, aspiring athletes who want to maybe pursue uh, winter sports, but other sports as well. Um, what advice do you give other athletes when you interact with them, regardless of where they are in their journey? I would say that the biggest the, the biggest advice that I could give is just if you love something, go for it. And it's not just sports. It's not just, um, you know, being, you know, not don't just go after being a Paralympian or or being a, uh, a winter sport athlete or a summer sport athlete or whatever the case. Go after your passions. You know, I was extremely passionate about basketball, extremely passionate about it. But um the, you know, so that's that's what I went after. And I went after it with with <laughs> with, you know, my 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 hands behind my back and my head first. I just went straight for it. Um, I really loved it. And I re- my advice is just to go for the things that you love and the things that you're passionate about. Because, I mean, the, life is about that. You know, you just it, it'll take you where you want to go. Um, with like passion, passion will get you as far as you need to go. And I feel like I've gone as far as I you know up a mountaintop even mm-hmm. just just by following my passions. I mean, wheelchair basketball was my passion. Um, and I ended up playing, you know, skiing, but it's, it's still, it gives me so many different opportunities just because I followed my passion. So I would say that in order to open up the opportunities for yourself, just go after the things that you love. And maybe a, a slightly different or follow-up question to that is what advice would you give? What, what advice would, would a, to, um, a modern day Matt Scott give to a 14 year old Matt Scott? Keep going. Don't give up. No excuses. That's it. Yeah. Keep it simple. And then lastly, Matt, um, I, I know we talked a little bit about, you know, some of the the perceptions about disability. Our podcast name is Re- Redefining Disability. And so how are you redefining disability? So I told you in the beginning of the podcast that I feel that that society kind of has a rough view of what disability might be or what it me- what it might mean to have a disability. I'm redefining disability every day by just going out and being the best Matt Scott I can be. And, you know, that that might be different for every single person being the best person that they can be. Um, but I'm I'm out there and I'm I'm highlighting uh, my my I'm highlighting my strengths. You know, I, I work for I work for a corporation that is that is making a difference in, you know, in, in not just the economy, but the world, you know, um, being being a part of uh, of the visa organization um, that that gives me the opportunity to be in front of, you know, decision makers that have, that make decisions for people that look like me, that people that have disabilities. And when they, when they, when they see me representing people that have disabilities, um, I want to make sure that I'm making a good impression. Um, so when I'm, when I'm out on the basketball court, I want to make sure I'm making a good impression when I'm representing myself online and having a social presence, I'm making sure that people see that, the true capabilities of a person that has a disability and I'm redefining disability by making sure that they see that I'm not defined by my disability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, how do people either find you or connect with you or, you know, follow you? The best way to find me is at Instagram at Matt Scott fly. And if you're not doing that already, you're doing it wrong. So <laughs> re- recorrect your social media. <laughs> um, yeah. Matt Scott fly at, at um, Instagram.com or at Instagram. Um, but 
you know, uh, you can find me on the slopes. <laughs> you can find me on the basketball court. You can find you can find me everywhere. I'm 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 not hard to find. Wonderful. Thanks for joining us, man. Thank you so much for having me.